All right, I've been teaching uh, about the Holy Spirit, and I have said uh, these nights that uh, when the Bible uh, teaches, it, it uses... Um, uh, have you had a hard time understanding my accent? No. Has it been okay? Yes. Yeah? So, okay. The Bible uses the Holy Spirit and the word grace interchangeably, we have said. And sometimes you don't know, if he, is he talking about the Holy Spirit now, or is he talking about grace? But we have just made a conclusion here together, isn't it? It is grace that we have received the Holy Spirit, and that we are partakers of divine nature, and that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the grace effects, and that is what the gifts of the Spirit is actually called in the origin text. Charis, grace, and charismas, the effect of the grace. Uh, that is what the gifts of the spirits are called. And today we will continue. And, and um, t today I feel something very, very special in my spirit. I want to go a little further, uh, teach you maybe stuff that isn't that common in the United States of America. But you know, what we preach is what we get. Isn't it? And uh, if we... Um, if we dare to speak about things we don't see, that's, that's probably uh, the only way to be able to see them. Because God confirms His Word. And uh, so I want to plow a little bit, make way for something that God wants to do. And I, and I really believe, I really do believe that you're building a book of Acts type of a church here. And uh, that you will experience everything that the book of Acts talks about. So when you received salvation, Romans tells us that you received abundant grace. God's abundant provision of grace came to you. And the gift of righteousness came to you. And because of the abundant grace and the gift of righteousness, you are reigning uh, through Christ Jesus, right? So we will... Open up uh, the book of Acts, which is the first history book uh, of the early church. And we will read together. This uh, book of Acts was written, yeah, 70, 70 after Christ, something like that. Uh, by Luke, the doctor. And we will get into it and we will read about the early church, uh, how everything began. And we will read from chapter 4. So you can go there if you have a Bible to chapter 4 and verse 31 and we'll read. Are you with me? Yeah. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Or as it say in my mother tongue, uh, my German Bible, I'm Austrian German. It says, much, much grace was upon them all. Grace was, was poured out upon them. And um, the effects of the grace was the heartbeat of the church. 
And I want you to see this, that um, there were some things here that released this enormous power. It was humble prayers. It was unity and generosity. And humble prayers, unity and generosity released grace and power. And uh, that is what you have here, isn't it? You are humbly going after God. And you are in unity, one heart, one soul. And you want to be generous and help the poor and uh, bless the world, isn't it? And I believe that's why you are going to see an enormous release of God's grace and His power. Right here in Bosha, right here in Shreveport. And I believe places will start to shake physically. Uh, not, uh, this is not a parable. This is an historical event. I said that yesterday too. When we read the book of Acts, it's, 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 it's not, uh, you know, um, like, they, like the Bible is speaking in pictures. Uh, no, this, this happened. The very place shook, was shaken physically. I was part of that once in Eritrea. Early on in my, early on when I started preaching, we were in Eritrea. Uh, you, can't, you could hardly get into that nation today to preach the gospel there. But at that time it was still open and I preached the gospel in Asmara, the capital city of Eritrea, in, you know, at the, at the Horn of Africa. And uh, in the middle of me preaching, I saw two angels coming in. Uh, and they, they, they walked in and they started to draw lines in the sand in between the people. And I, I got so caught up with these physical angels that I saw. Uh, I don't know if any else saw them, but I saw them as I preached. So I asked the worship choir. They had no worship team. They had a bit of worship. I said, could you sing a couple of songs? Because I just had to... To, you know, what do you say? Reorient. Refocus. And as I did, uh, I, I understood I should invite people to where the angels had been drawing lines in the sand. They had made squares. And I asked those that wanted to go to Muslim villages and Muslim cities and preach the gospel to come and stand there. And as they were running up, they ran into a glass wall. Uh, it was something unseen. So when they were running up to stand in the particular spots I had pointed out, that I'd seen the angel draw in the sand, they were knocked to the floor. At, at one line, they came running, and when they ran in, there was such a presence of God, such a powerful presence of God. They were knocked to the floor, all of them. They started to, to, to you know, and they ran, so they were laying in layers. <laughs> and... Uh, then it happened. It happened. The place started shaking. And you might think I'm exaggerating. Uh, but you see, I did not grow up in, in the I did not grow up in the church. You gotta understand I I, uh, I did not grow up in a prayer meeting or in a charismatic environment. I had to sit down on a chair. I thought it was an earthquake because the, everything started to shake and then people just went to the ground everywhere by the thousands were just uh, they just went to the ground and, and started rolling in the dust there and demons started coming out and sick were healed and there was a janitor 
They came up and said, please, you've got to stop this ministry. This place has not got capacity for it. And I still remember I shook my head and said, well, if it was my ministry, maybe I could have done something about it. But I, I, I got nothing to do with this. I can't control this. This is now the Holy Spirit. And we had to leave the place. Uh, no one could control that crowd anymore. And afterwards, uh, there were so many stories of, of amazing healings. Do you believe that the power and the grace can be poured out that way? Would you like to believe with me that we can see that in Bosher and in Shreveport and in the U.S.? That places can be shaken like that. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Yeah. I want to say something that I have not really touched the other nights, but it's very important. Uh, um, the spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit, is a holy spirit. Uh, isn't it? It's called the Holy Spirit. Holy. And the grace that we receive... Uh, that does the miracles, that uh, builds a ministry or a church or whatever we, we, we might call it, is holy. It's not us, it's something holy that have come. And we, we very, very seldom talk about this because uh, we don't think it has anything to do with grace. But grace is holy. Can I say something about that just very brief? And, and, and there, there, there are some things that we avoid to speak about. And that is actually that people were judged right away in the book of Acts church. Why? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit and the, and, and, and the grace was so strong. So you don't mess. You know? You better not mess with this because this is holy. And, and, and we don't like to speak about that. It is like we are sh shutting that out. But it happened. We read in the fifth chapter, for example, in the book of Acts about Ananias and Sapphira, this couple that uh, tried to trick the Holy Spirit or lie to the Holy Spirit. They were not lying to Apostle Peter. They were lying to the Holy Spirit. Uh, they sold a piece of land and they came and said this was the full amount. And that was not a problem. I mean, they could have kept something. It was that they played hypocrites and that they tried to be more holy than they really were. And I think that when you are in a place where the abundant, where the abundance of grace, I can hardly talk about this, where the abundance of grace has been poured out, you better not play religion. Huh? Don't be a hypocrite. We are where we are. Don't act like you've been praying five hours if you haven't. Don't act like you've been fasting 40 days if you haven't. Don't ask to be more holy, you know, don't, 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 don't you act or try to, to put up a face. Be who you are. I think that when you are real, you are most spiritual. And uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they put up faces. They were acting, they were, they were hypocrites. And they dropped dead in front of Peter. And I think that we need to speak about this too, that if we really go after grace, we go after the grace effects, we go after the book of Acts, Acts type of a church, it is a package deal, right? Yeah. Some say, ah, this is not New Testament. Well, is this in the book of Acts? Is this after the cross? 
After the resurrection? Yes, it's New Testament, right? So, and we have it. Uh, several places you can read in the book of Acts chapter 12 that when King Herod didn't give praise to God or glory to God, they allowed him to, to shout, this is a God speaking, not a man. He, he, and an angel of God came out and struck him and he was eaten by worms and died. You say, Johannes, I don't like this. And Herod is a... I don't, I don't like it either. But this is reality. When the grace of God is being poured out, God watches over His grace. Grace means that we can't take the glory, isn't it? This is God working. Grace means that uh, we got nothing to do with this. This is Him. So grace is holy. And Titus tells us, Paul, this apostle of grace and faith, tells us let's read in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 for the grace of God has appeared and the grace that offers salvation has appeared and this grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age the grace teaches us and in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, it says that we are not allowed to treat as unholy oh, the blood of the covenant that has sanctified us. And we are not allowed to insult the spirit of grace. Can you see that? Grace is an amazing thing. We are graced. We are favored. We have been declared righteous. Not because of our own efforts, but because of his efforts. But this grace is holy. Very seldom this is talked about. Don't insult the grace. Don't insult the spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit said, just mention it tonight. There are times when, when the grace of God has been poured out. In, in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak and be very bold tonight with some things. Me and my wife, Maria, we have seen amazing things. Amazing things. Very few things we speak about nowadays because we, we you know, we, we have that check from the Holy Spirit. But I remember we came to a place in, in Southeast Europe, and I'm allowed to speak about this tonight. The Holy Spirit gives me, gives me permission. Uh, and we started preaching the gospel to the Turkish and the gypsy people in that area in Bulgaria towards the border of Turkey. And within one and a half year, we baptized 5,900 people in water. And, and, and the power of God just swept through that area so that they shot down a mosque. The Muslims were not coming anymore. They were now Jesus' disciples. And, and we had a soccer stadium packed with people and so many healings took place, so many empty wheelchairs, so, 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 so many fantastic things happening. I had a medical doctor with me that documented healings. Uh, he and his team documented 276 healings in four days. And then he said, uh, can we stop now? Haven't we proved that God is at work? Are you getting what I'm saying here? So... When grace comes like that, and I still remember when people came up against this outpouring, started speaking against this. 
immediately we started doing intercessory prayer for those people and for their lives. Because we knew they are not going after us. They are going after the grace that God has poured out upon us. The grace that is poured out in this area. So be very careful. When the supernatural breaks out, when, uh, when the book of Acts comes, be very careful um, so that you don't attack the grace. Because then you aren't attacking a man anymore, you are attacking God. Or don't attack the spirit and what the spirit does. You can have your opinions about what the preacher is wearing. <laughs> Uh, you can have your opinions about his hairstyle. That's not a problem. But be very careful with what's upon the man when the grace is poured out. Can you see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. In the early church, they were grace and Holy Spirit travelers, I say. I'm, I'm now trying in my third language. So you have to bear with me. But uh, how many of you heard about the deacon, Philip, uh -huh. who were working, working in the soup kitchen? And then uh, with his spoon in his hand, he started preaching the gospel. How many of you remember? Because of persecution, he ended up in Samaria and he preached the gospel and he became a bold evangelist. And an angel showed up and led him to an Ethiopian uh, well, we, we believe he came from the kingdom of Nubia. I know I'd say it is in English. But he was a treasurer for the, for the queen down there. That is what Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopian Sudan is today, that area. And he leads this man to the Lord and he baptizes him right there uh, next to the road. You know the story. This is in the end of the book of Acts chapter 8. And then it all of a sudden it just says like this. When they came out of the water, well, 39, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the Enoch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. But we, <laughs> we are somehow just understanding that Philip disappeared. Shoof. And then it says later on that he, that he fell down in Astos. Uh, you know, that was the, Philip, um, the Philistine cities at the Mediterranean sea coast. He fell down there and started preaching the gospel there. He showed up there. Hello. <laughs> I mean, he, he was caught up in one place and fell down in another place. And you said, this is crazy stuff. Well, you've heard magicians and you've heard New Age people speak about walking through walls and you know, traveling through space and time. and we were, we were doing that stuff long before they could spell to that stuff. Isn't it? The book of Acts has these amazing stories. I had a friend once who ended up in the middle of a war. A preacher was down in Africa. Civil war broke out between two tribes. And he ended up in the middle of this war. And he was sitting in his jeep. And, the, and the, there was one army coming out from that side and another army from that side. And he thought, I am done. 
And he start, he, he, so he just bowed his head over the steering wheel of the Jeep and started praying in tongues. Desperately. <laughs> Wouldn't you do that? And then when he opens up his eye after a long prayer, he thinks he's in heaven. It's so quiet. And then he realizes he is in another part of the country. He was literally in another part of the country. So when he prayed, God took that, in, that, that vehicle with the preacher inside. Lifted it and put it down in another part of the country. I believe such things can happen in Louisiana. I believe it's possible. Yeah, we can travel physically. But Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, from verse 2, I know a man in Christ. Yeah. I always love this because here Paul speaks about himself in third person. That's what you do when you have so many spiritual experiences that when you're taking an example, you're speaking about yourself, but everyone believes you're speaking about someone else. <laughs> this, is, this is the rich life Paul is living, right? So he says, well, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to third heaven. Uh, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I, I do not know. Uh, God knows. And I know that this man, whether, and now he repeats himself because that every, every preacher does that. Uh, if it was in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexcusable. In inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. Secrets with God. And he was caught up in the heavenly places, caught up in the spiritual realms, some things. We know that Paul also says to the church in Corinth that, that I'm, I'm, I'm making a decision with you because I am with you. And he was not there physically, but he was there in spirit. And we know that, that there, there are dimensions here. I don't know about you, but there are dimensions here. Right, let, me, let me just talk, talk with you a little bit about this. We have those stories told in the SOS churches all the time. That people were in someone's house and heard conversations. And when we were in deep prayer, we traveled and we knew stuff. And we were, were yeah. All right, let's continue. Continue. I always tell my church members, the next time you gossip about me, <clears throat> know that I'm a man of God. I might be behind the curtain. <laughs> and they go like this. <laughs> They don't know if I'm joking. They don't know if I'm serious. And I will let it remain a mystery. <laughs> I believe that we can enter into such a strong presence of the Spirit of Grace uh, so that it will be like what they experienced in the book of Acts, the fifth chapter. They brought 
the sick into streets and lay them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. You believe we can see that in, in the United States? A man of God is going to, you know, is going to shop his groceries and people are so eager that they will just lay people to be in his tracks to, to where he goes. And it says here that... Um, Peter's shadow, the, the very shadow. And this, this goes back to, to, to what I just mentioned briefly yesterday. This goes back to the, glory, to, to the restored glory clothes. Yeah. In the creation morning, they were wrapped and dressed in the glory of God. And then they lost it uh, when they sinned. They fell short of it. They lost it. But in baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus restored their clothes, their glory again. And they were carrying something. And we are carrying something. We're carrying a light. We are carrying a, a shadow that is the presence of God. And when it touches people, and when we walk by, uh, the very atmosphere changes. Yeah, let me... Holy Spirit, and he says, go ahead. You see, when I walk here, you're being influenced and impacted whether you like it or not. When I am with you, what God has put upon my life spills on your life. There is a shadow cast upon you. And when I am with you, I am influenced what's, what, what, you know, by, by what's in your spirit. What we carry in our spirit, what we have on our inside, influences sometimes much more than the words we say. Much, much, much more. How many of you know that's it? Yeah, I mean, if we... If we are greedy and we preach generosity, what we will harvest this greediness. Huh? If we preach unity, but we live in discord and strife, that what we will what we will produce is strife. This is very important that you gotta understand that it is what you are that that you that you impact with. So my life has been a life of the supernatural. So I, I just know that when I'm with you, when I walk this carpet, I'm leaving something behind. And when I'm with you, I'm rubbing off something from you that comes to me. And this is very important. I, I also believe that the stronger spirits will, you know, the stronger spirit will reign. So you, you don't have to be afraid because you will reign with Jesus Christ. Uh, the abundant provision of grace, Romans 5, right? And the gift of righteousness will make you reign. And that is because you carry this shadow, you carry this presence. And when, when uh, Peter walked through the streets, the sick were healed, the demons came out. Just as with Jesus, they pressed up to Jesus, it says in Mark's gospel. They just wanted to touch him. And in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, it says that they laid the sick in the open squares and they just touched his clothes and were healed. Apostle Paul 
had this experience when he was in Ephesus. How many of you remember? Chapter 19, verse 11, 12, it says, extraordinary miracles happened. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had, that had been in touch with his skin. In my, in my mother tongue, it says that had been in touch with his skin. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? We are containers and we leak. It radiates. It comes out of us. And that would have been, that would have been, had been in touch with the skin of Paul was now full of it. And the spirits left. And, and the Holy Spirit, let me go a little further here tonight. Can I go a little further here tonight? Can I, can I, can I take you, can I, can I teach you that you've got to believe in, in, the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit that you carry? When you believe in it, you will release it. I never forget that cast it out a, a demon of a man. And he had such a dirty sweater on. So I said, take it off. Take a shower. He did. And then I gave him some of my clothes. And I gave him one of my sweaters. And he came home to where he lived. And he was exhausted. He had been delivered. I prayed a salvation prayer with him. I started to prepare him for baptism in water. Uh, we had not yet come to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I had, uh, I had tried to explain to him that the demon powers will try to come back to you. Now you need to defend yourself. He took the sweater off and he threw it into a corner of his room and he, he went into the bed. And in the middle of the night, sounds started under his bed. Ah... He could hear the demon powers under his bed. There was a, a terrible sound, and he got so afraid. And he started hearing voices, and he sat up in his bed, and he says, now they are back, and I, and I don't know what to do. And he didn't really remember what his priest had told him. But then he crawled across the room to the corner where my sweater was. This was his logical thinking. And he rolled the sweater together like, like a ball. And he threw it in under the bed from where the noises came from. And he said, try to deal with this one. <laughs> and when he did, everything became quiet. Quiet, he said. And, and peace filled the entire room. And he came to me and said, the demons are, so, they are so afraid even of your sweat, pastor. <laughs> I said, yes, I know. I know. So I really want you to understand that the clothes you are carrying, the car you are driving. I tell, they ask me sometimes, can I, can I borrow your, 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 your car, pastor? Of course you can. But you've got to be prepared. Because you will probably end up a missionary. <laughs> you won't be selling those cars. You will be going as a missionary. Because if you rub in the same seat with me, what is upon my life will come upon you. If you sleep in my guest bed, what is upon my life will come upon you. Can we believe this is reality in Louisiana? Reality where we are.
a stronger presence of the Spirit. I also want to say something about Jesus' revelations. Now, some people are very nervous about that. Again, they said, ah, you know, he lives in us. We, we, we hear him in our spirits. Yeah, but still after the resurrection, after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, after the church was birthed, right? We read about Jesus' revelations in the book of Acts. Don't you agree with me? Paul, chapter 9, right? Or Saul, as he was called at that time, meets this, this light that's, that just hits him off the horse. And he's there on the ground, blind by the glory. And he says, who are you, who are you? And, and Jesus speaks to him. Jesus is there and reveals himself to him. And we know he's blind for three days from the glory he meets. And then when... When Ananias comes to him, prays for him, he receives his sight, he receives the Holy Spirit, he's being baptized. And so, one of the most powerful apostles that we have in the New Testament came to Christ through a Jesus revelation. And we must believe that can happen even in our days, right? And in the Muslim world, it happens everywhere right now. And uh, <clears throat> uh, we have it. Every time we start to pray more and go after God stronger in the SOS churches, Jesus starts to reveal himself to people. And I have had this phenomena. I don't know how to say this in good English. Is that? Yeah. It happens in almost all of my festivals that Jesus shows up. I remember once in, in Pakistan, in Karachi, Pakistan, I was preaching in Jesus came walking over the heads of the people. I saw him walking from one side to the other side. And I was wondering, is it only me that sees him? And then I realized it wasn't because people started screaming everywhere and pointing in the air. And especially the Muslims saw what I saw. Jesus walking uh, in the air above the heads of the people holding out his hands. And there was one woman that had elephantitis feet. Three, four times bigger feet than a normal pair of feet should be. She was in a wheelchair and it started tickling her feet as she saw this Isa. She was a Muslim. Isa is the fifth prophet according to the Quran, right? So Isa. And, uh, and it tickled in her feet and she looks down and her feet starts to shrink. And they shrink to normal size as she looks at Isa. And she comes out of the wheelchair and she walks all the way up to the platform. People scream. She comes up to the platform and she tells me, I saw Isa. Your Jesus. He's, I saw him. And uh, my feet shrinked. Yeah. I was in Japan preaching once. And in the middle of me preaching, someone said, There is Jesus. I didn't see him, but then another one stand up. Yeah, I see him too. And another third one, I see. I said, I better stop preaching then. <laughs> so I stopped. Because a preacher, he preaches until people see Jesus and then he's done. <laughs> Isn't it? There's no need for him to continue. That's the whole task. That's, the, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals Jesus. Now, when we preach and he reveals Jesus, then we're done. 
I said, and I stop, and I will eat sushi instead. <laughs> I did, <laughs> and they met with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, my friends, it's just full of it. One night, book of Acts chapter 18, in the middle of persecution, the Lord Jesus spoke to Paul in a vision, it says, Verse 9, chapter 18. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. No one is going to attack you or harm you. Jesus showed up in a vision to Paul and strengthened him and spoke to him. I also want to say something about angelic visitations. Do you believe that can happen? Is that, is that reality? That's reality. 300 times angels are mentioned in the Bible. This is not a little subject. Are you getting it? This is not a little thing. 300 times they are mentioned. On heavenly and earthly missions. Mm -hmm. Malak in Hebrew. Malak. The messenger. Yeah. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail. And brought them all out, it says in the book of Acts chapter 5. They had thrown the apostles in prison, but an angel came. It's the same when Peter is in prison. Do you remember? Book of Acts chapter 10, um, chapter 12. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and the light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up and said, quick, get up. And he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists and they walked through, you know, iron doors and stuff. Are you here? What are you doing tonight, Johannes? I'm teasing you, triggering you to live a life on a, you know, in a, on a, on a, on a higher level, to go after something. That we can live. Um, I, 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 I'm telling you tonight so that you know I live this life. So I, I'm not come to, to, to preach about something that I'm dreaming about to live. I live this life. This is our life. You can live this life. It's possible to live it. Angels show up. Angels talk. Angels speak. You don't go after them. You don't seek them. They will come to you because you serve the same God. And you know, you are higher in rank than, than they in the kingdom of God. You are one day to judge them. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says. So, they are sent to serve you, Hebrew says. And everyone that will inherit salvation. They are ministering spirits. And this is amazing with the angels. They, they, they take great pleasure in the great commission. They want to help you when you win the lost. If you want to see angels, win the lost. If you want to get angels to visit you, win people for Jesus. Because they are busy with that. Does that make sense? Don't, who met an angel? Well, Philip met an angel. Go out on the road. Go out there. It's empty. Okay. There will be a, a chariot coming. Just go out there. And he goes out on that road. That leads down to the Mediterranean sea coast from Jerusalem. 
And then he meets with the Ethiopian. And he leads him to, leads him to Jesus. There's, a, there's this amazing thing. How many of you remember the angel that came to the Roman soldier in the book of Acts chapter 10? Huh? I mean, the angels are so busy, they, they help out. He comes into this Roman soldier, this centurion, who lived up there, an Italian. I know something about the Italians. <laughs> I can tell you that. And here an angel stood in this Italian's home and spoke to him. Go get Peter. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? He's got a message for you. They are so busy taking part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do we tell here, Holy Spirit? How much shall we tell here? Um, yeah. I can tell you this much. They will show up with messages. I prayed once for financial independence and breakthrough for SOS. And um, in the middle of the fasting, towards the end of that period we put up, there was an angel standing in the kitchen early in the morning. He looked like a salsa dancer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they look so funny. When they come to me, probably because otherwise they wouldn't get my attention. He had slacks on and black shiny shoes, black vest, and he had his hair combed back and a ponytail, white shirt. Ooh, that guy was cool. And I said, who are you? And he said, I'm the angel that God has sent to walk ahead of you. Tap people on their shoulders and tell them to give. And from that morning, we've never had a lack, never had a depth. From that morning, the angel has been walking ahead. I was in a prayer meeting in Norway. I have to tell the story, Philip. <laughs> so it was a businessman, a very wealthy businessman. In the, on the other side of the room, he had never met me. He was laying on all four, praying. And he felt someone was tapping him on the shoulders. He got a little annoyed because he was praying. So he looked up, but there was no one there. So he continued to pray, pray. And then someone tapped him on the shoulder. He looked up, no one there. This happened three times. And then the third time, he just sat up and wondered, what is going on? Am I getting crazy? And then he sees me on the other side of the room. I'm deep in prayer. And he hears a voice say, give to that man. Not one time, but regularly. Give to that man. Give a lot. Later on, he comes up to me and says, who are you? I say, I, I'm an evangelist. I'm this. I'm church plant. I'm missionary. So I tell a little bit. And then he says, there was someone tapping me on my shoulder three times. Couldn't see it. And then a voice told me to give to you. Do you know what this is all about? <laughs> I smiled from ear to ear. Can you see me? Yeah. Did you see him? Did he look like a salsa dancer? <laughs> no, I didn't see anything. I said, that was, that was my angel. He does that. 
this guy has paid six entire festivals and is constantly just pouring in. Millions is pouring in. Yeah. Ah, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Angels. Raising the dead. Huh? Oh, now it's over. And now there's nothing more we can do, son. Well, not in the book of Acts. Huh? Well, now it's over. Now you've done your praying and your fasting. Not in the book of Acts. Ah. You've read it, huh? How Peter sent them all out of the room and talked to Tabitha. Huh? She sat up. Raised from the dead. Or oh, Paul. I thought about Paul yesterday. I was teaching one and a half hour here. I thought we will have a we will have a situation like in the book of Acts chapter 20 very soon if I don't say amen. <laughs> Paul taught the entire night so that a young man fell out of the window and died. <laughs> and as he lifted him up and he, after he had prayed for him, he came back to, to, to life again. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Let us speak. <laughs> one of my friends he was in a hotel room in Congo Africa and he was praying God let me raise the dead let me experience raising the dead Father give that grace to me pour that grace out And in the middle of him praying, they, someone is almost busting the door in. Because they know there is a, a man of God staying in this hotel room. And they have a, a young boy in their arms, covered in blood. A car has just run him over. And he's dead. And they threw the boy on the bed. And they said, man of God, do something. And he told me, this was not how he had expected it <laughs> to happen. Should be a clean corpse at least. <laughs> there was sand and blood. Is it okay if I just talk to you like I talk back home, huh? So uh, this was not pleasant. This was not fun. It was an accident. So they were screaming. They were shouting. He had to put them all out and he knelt down and there was this young boy covered in blood on the top of his bed and he prayed that entire afternoon well into the evening and then the boy sat up hallelujah we must believe these things can happen we must stand in faith they can happen also in the United States. When the abundant grace comes, there is a supernatural church. And when we know that this grace is holy, and we treat it holy, 
we will start to see things like this and experience things like this. Visions. We know that Joel prophesied about it, right? 800 years before Christ, he said, um, old men would dream dreams, young men would see visions, and we would all be prophesying. And in the book of Acts, it is everywhere. Open visions, closed visions. And it says in the book of Acts chapter 16 that Paul was confused traveling through minor Asia or today's Turkey. And he didn't know what to do. And during the night, chapter 16 verse 9, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia. This is Europe. This is up on the Balkan. A man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, Luke, who is part of his team here, says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Can you see this? They followed visions. They were guided by visions. Uh, and And... This is something that, that we need also to, to live in on a, const, um, yeah, on a constant. I'm a little, you see, while I'm hesitating right now is because I know it's, uh, it's often the A-B of hearing Jesus. You will develop from visions after a while. But I'm not teaching on that subject tonight. But visions is actually the picture book of the Holy Spirit. But you will come to a time where you speak face to face. Like Moses. And there, there will be, the, the visions will cease. Because you will be in that intimacy. But we need to have the vision stage, stages first. Before we can enter in. And um, the visions is an amazing thing. Well, when I was just saved, I had these visions constantly. I saw things. It was like previews just flashed before my eyes. Or somewhere on the inside, you know. It's the preview. And I just knew this is going to happen. And it was like a little movie was played. And if I, if I would go after it and pursue it, I could cooperate now with what the Holy Spirit was going to do. I took it to the point where I, I didn't buy a car unless I'd seen it. <laughs> My wife was a nervous wreck for a while. I didn't want to hire an apartment to go in anywhere until I'd seen it. Are oh, you and your visions... But it guided us. And I became rich through the visions. I saw a house and I bought the house. And I sold the house and bought another house. And got rich. Because the Holy Spirit guided me. Once when I prayed very early on, I, I saw my alcoholic mama. I had a mama who... Drank away my entire childhood. Uh, I 
I'm very careful when I speak about it because if she doesn't speak much English, but if she listens to this podcast, I would like to say, Mama, you know how much I love you. And she's so well aware of how she wasted away our childhood by that devil in the bottle, huh? And uh, I saw my mama sitting next to me in the car, crying and praying in tongues. That was a wonderful little vision, a little preview. And it was really very unlikely for that to happen. Because when I came to preach the gospel to mama, <laughs> she would throw me out in the staircase and scream, I don't want any <laughs> pope around here. You can take your Bible and your stories and go somewhere else. And she would be drunk and she would, uh, her boyfriend, her boyfriends, that was another story. They were always high on something. And I came just saved once. <laughs> Gunnar was his name. What are you smoking, man? What do you mean? There's something I mean. I can see it in your eyes. This is powerful stuff. Are you snorting it or are you smoking it? <laughs> I said, no, no, bro. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. But I saw this vision of mama sitting next to me, praying in tongues, crying. And it, it, it really led me to pray for her for years. I knew one day she would sit next to me in the car. She would cry and speak in tongues. Are you getting what I'm saying? God will show you these things. And then mama came to believe in Jesus and she became a Jesus lady. And it was wonderful. And then I, she went with me. I was going preaching. And I had her next to me just saved in the car. And I said, Mama, I will act a little crazy now. I will pray, and I will pray in tongues and stuff. Uh, I will go black belt now for a while. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't have the time to explain all of that stuff for you right now because I'm preaching in half an hour. But if, if you go ahead and pray, son. And I prayed. And in the middle of me praying, I'm, I'm almost... Losing control of the vehicle because someone is shaking next to me. And then mama starts to cry and then I hear her. She starts to speak in tongues. Mom. And then I saw exactly what I had seen in the vision. It was now reality. Hallelujah. And the, the Holy Spirit will do that for you. He will show you stuff. I saw myself baptizing in a river until my arms ached. I saw that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit when I dipped them down in the water. They came out of the water screaming in tongues. And then half a year later, I stood in that dirty river between Kenya and Uganda in East Africa and baptized until my arms ached. And in the middle of me standing there in a the river, I said, I had this deja vu experience, you know. I've been here before. 
And then I knew what was happening and what was going to happen. And if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He will give you previews. And it will start like that in your life and you will be led by these previews. It flashes before your eyes. Happened to me this night. I was dreaming a prophetic dream. And I woke up, I thought that was strange because one of my best friends who leads a large independent church and I dreamed he was joining Assemblies of God. Can I, can I tell you this? I know you're Assembly of God, so it was pretty funny to tell you. He, I, I said, this must be a nightmare. No, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> kidding with you. I'm kidding. Tell your neighbor the European is kidding. <laughs> Don't you be afraid. Now, I was thinking, this, this is very unlikely. I went down to the breakfast this morning. I was thinking, that was a strange dream. And then the Holy Spirit said, I just wanted you to know. And then he called me today and said, I'm joining the AG. I said, I know. <laughs> I had a nightmare. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> can I, can you, are you okay with me making some fun? Ah, you don't have to worry. I love my, my AG brothers and sisters all over the world. They've been so kind to me. But here is this wonderful and beautiful thing that I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out visions. And, and, the, and the, as I was praying this afternoon, the Holy Spirit said, when, when you end tonight, I will pour out a prophetic spirit upon them. And they will start to have previews and see stuff. And you will see what you will enter into. I know I've just taught you a couple of days but when we get into teaching these things, there is now faith stirred in you. And it will start to erupt. It will come out. The grace effect will come out. And I know that, that, that when, we, when we go into to the, to the final moments and minutes and prayers here together tonight... Uh, this, uh, this spirit of visions will be poured out. Spirit of dreams will be poured out. This grace will be poured out. And that will trigger all the other things. Because if you could see yourself do it, you will pursue it and go after it. Are you getting this? If you could see yourself lifting someone out of a wheelchair, you will go after it. If you could see yourself putting a finger into someone's ear that is deaf and speak to it and open it, you will go after it. If you could see yourself baptizing your working colleague, you will soon be doing it. Are you getting this? If you could see all these kids sitting in your living room being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, you will soon have it. Because if you opened up your spirit to be flooded by that grace of the prophetic, it will happen. It will guide you right there. And um, I know when we go into prayer, this will happen. Many of you will see things. Yeah. Early, 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 early on, I saw skinheads and, 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 and a lot of prostitutes and pimps in a ghetto city in Europe 
underneath the ground at a railway station, kissing me, giving me flowers, little souvenir teddy bears, and letters with thank you, with hearts upon strange vision. I saw this, and I knew that I had led them to the Lord, that they were my disciples, and they were kissing me and hugging me and saying, come back soon. Big group of people. And uh, I saw it, and I told my pastor, this is what I've seen. And he looked at me with one of those very mature smiles. Have you met it? <laughs> Maybe you should save this for yourself, you know, in your heart. <laughs> he wanted to protect me, I understand that. But only three months later, I was preaching the gospel down in eastern Germany towards the border of Poland. I was part of an outreach to to the inner city there. And, and God gave me grace. I just been saved a year. I just been a Christian a year. And God gave me grace. And, and I won a, a big bunch of people for the Lord. They were prostitutes and pimps and drug dealers. And, and they were some 70, 70 disciples that I saw they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and then I was going from that railway station to Austria, to my home country. And I walked down the railway station, I remember, and I came underneath the ground. And when I was underneath the ground, there was deja vu. What? I've been here. I recognized the tracks, the staircase. And then I knew what was going to happen. They had gathered to surprise me, to say goodbye to me. And they had been buying every souvenir teddy bear that there was in the kiosk at that railway station. And they had been buying all the flowers that was in that shop. And they'd been writing letters and postcards with hearts on. And they were coming with chocolate and gift. And they came down the staircase. And as they came around the corner, it was just like in my vision. And I cried because the vision was now being a reality. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will give you these things, one after another, one after another. But I also know that when we're going to prayer and worship now, powerful healings will take place here. Powerful, amazing healings. It will not be by the laying on of hands so much. It will happen because of the presence. Your ear will pop open tonight. And uh, the rash on your skin will disappear. What are you doing now? I'm delivering what we call word of knowledge right now. Rash. I don't have to get all flaky and strange, huh? To give you that. I see it right now. Your rash will disappear. That tailbone that hurts so much will not hurt anymore. You'll be able to sit without pain. Powerful stuff will happen to you. Your hip will come in order. 
It will stop aching so bad at night. You don't know how to twist and turn in that bed. Jesus is healing you tonight. Many powerful things will happen when we go into worship and prayer. You will just know, I'm healed. Jesus has healed me. He has touched me. And as we go into prayer now, I know he will pour out that prophetic spirit. And many of you will see yourself doing amazing things for Jesus. Living the book of Acts. Raising the dead. Meeting with angels. Let's stand up on our feet all over here. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were encouraged by the Word of God. If you'd like more information on North Point Community Church, you can find us online at www.northpoint.ccpeople.com.